This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, September 16th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It is early over here in Oregon, where I am. I actually have a bunch of fog out, I just noticed, uh, in the end of summer over here, but... I'm doing well. Uh, we are joined by Scott Strandberg for a live show this morning. Scott, how are you doing? I'm good. It's a uh, it's it's a very dr- uh, gray, rainy day here as well. So yeah. lots of lots of grayness outdoors today. Yeah. Officially, uh, end of summer. Mm-hmm. Brad, well, you still yeah, summery over there? It's sunny and high eighties right now. I'll be 90s later. <laughs> well, well, we're doing a, a live show here again on a Friday morning. we got about three more of these left, so I wanted to get Scott in here one more time here for uh, some September baseball. Glad you could join us, Scott. Um, if you are watching us live online, you can join us in the chat, uh, in the post, and ask your DFS questions for today. We'll get to those. We'll, we'll get involved. And then, um, yeah, we're going to look at all this uh, DFS stuff for Friday, of which, as always, there's plenty. But, uh... Let's get some some baseball stuff out of the way first. Um, Matt and I didn't get to talk about this on Thursday. Uh, Brad, do you have any takes on this AJ Preller thing? This really <laughs> weird suspension story. It's not DFS related, but it's definitely a weird thing going on in baseball right now. It is weird, and it kind of takes for granted another weird aspect. Yeah, that this is what I've been focused on: is that player medical records, you know, no. No concept of privacy involved with them. Uh, it's taken for granted that every team will enter every little thing, including like taking aspirin into a central database for every other team to look at. Mm-hmm. It seems a little strange to me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know Tony Clark, the uh, uh, union chief, has talked about that being something that's on his agenda, getting something resembling a, a system to ensure privacy for his players. Yeah. It, it, it's a weird system they have set up right now. It's it's a it's a weird system. It's a weird story. Uh, Scott, did you have anything on the AJ Preller thing? I admittedly don't have any hot takes or anything. I just found it it was a weird story that we needed to at least mention. I mean, it is weird when you've got you know, multiple teams complaining. Uh, you know how the Marlins and the White Sox have both kind of been questioning things as well. I mean, the Marlins even sent Colin Rea back. Yeah. Uh, so you know. No hot takes, of course, but it does seem to be a pattern yeah. of some sorts. So, Yeah, it's weird. And it's the second suspension for A.J. Preller, which doesn't look good. You know? Yeah, how, how many how many twice-suspended GMs have there ever been in the history of baseball? <laughs> well, and my dad asked me, he saw the story, and he goes, how do they monitor and ensure that a GM is suspended? Like, they're not keeping an eye on him, making sure, what, they take his cell phone away? Yeah, like, yeah, he, he's going to continue working. He's going to yeah. be involved in decisions. It's yeah. not a real thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> he's not paid for 10 days. Yeah, and, uh, yeah he's suspended 30 days. He's unpaid for 10. I don't really understand. Oh, uh, he'll, he'll miss that. Yeah. 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 It, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, the other thing I want to talk about a little more DFS related is uh, it's uh, Matt and I talked about this on Thursday's show, but it's time for hangover days and hangover lineups, and that is happening today on Friday. Unfortunately, yeah. it's the one game not a part of our DFS lineup, but uh, Wrigley Field, the Cubs clinched. Uh, the Cubs clinched in the, like, you know, not dramatic fashion where they lost their game, but I forget 
who lost. Uh, the Cardinals lost or something. And so they clinched the Central. Congratulations to the Cubs. Uh, fun team. But that means today, day after clinching the division, the lineup is uh, uninspiring. They, they, all, all the regulars are out. Um, Chris Coughlin's batting fifth, playing first base. Matt Caesar's leading off. Uh, and I get it. Uh, but, you know, it'd be a good day to stream Brewers. But, uh, you know, if you play in an all-day DFS lineup, you can do that. Most people don't. It's the one-day game. But Matt and I were saying on Thursday, keep an eye out for this as other teams clinch because they, like clockwork, will do this. And... I guess today it would be Chase Anderson, who usually you would stay away from in Wrigley Field, but this is a you know a different lineup. So, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't quite match up for today DFS wise. But through the weekend, you know, through the rest of the month, keep an eye out for for those kinds of things because you can get some uh, some good streamers for sure. Um, well, and even like with the Cubs, they're so deep that I mean, a lot of their bench players who are getting these starts can be really really good value options too. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, on the other side, absolutely, you know. Uh, yeah, I agree. There, there's places to go. There, there are games to watch. They're definitely unique situations that happen, you know, a couple times a year. Brad, uh, you have another uh, Daily Grind Invitational going on today? Yep, there's another one. Uh, we've been back on track in terms of getting them filled. Uh, I only had one fail to fill this week, and Friday's usually pretty automatic to get filled. Cool. Uh, last week I mentioned we we're starting to lose some momentum, but uh, I think we've got uh, Yancey was doing some cheerleading early in the week, and uh, yeah, we're back on track. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, uh, follow Brad on Twitter at baseball team or check out in our post. Uh, there's a link to that. You can join up. You can play DFS uh, with Brad with other Rotographs listeners. It's a good way to you know get back to the community part of fantasy baseball still in DFS as well, which is good. So you can join up over there. Um, Brad, do you have anything else before we get into this uh, DFS stuff for Friday? No, I don't think so. Scott, you have anything that we must address before we start talking uh, Friday fix? I really don't. Cool. Well, let's get let's get rolling here for Friday. Uh, we're going to start at catcher. Brad, if you want to get us going, um, 14 games to pick from on Friday. Who are you looking at at catcher on Friday? So there, there weren't too many guys that really jumped off the page to me today with mm-hmm. catcher. Uh, Esmani Grandal is someone I like in general. Uh, just usually a good play. He's cheap on both sites today, or at least affordable. And uh, he's up against Zach Greinke. Uh, homer against Greinke last time out. Uh, he had a Greinke had a five homer game against the Dodgers uh, game of the month. Uh, so this is his rematch, and we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes at uh, Chase Field this time. Uh, but Grandal is always a power threat. He walks. Uh, not too high of an average. That's really the downfall to his profile. Uh, but still fairly high floor, uh, high ceiling, too. Uh, usually one of my favorite catcher plays, and that holds true today. Also liking Wilson Ramos against John Gant, uh, mostly because John Gant's pretty exploitable. Uh, he's just kind of a, a weird pitcher, uh, more funk than stuff. And, uh, yeah, Ramos seems to be getting back on track. He's saying the right things, at least, saying he was uh, getting distracted by the Ending free agency, and he's hit well since those comments. Uh, if you're looking for a real punt, I, I like Tucker Barnhart in Cincinnati. Uh, he's someone I turn to a lot when I'm trying to get someone at a bargain price. Uh, again, Cincinnati, great park for power. Up against Ryan Vogelsong, who's not someone to fear in the least. Barnhart does usually bat eighth. It's the 
big downside to him. Yeah, I had uh, Barnhart written down. Matt brings him up a lot, too. That's usually a good uh, cheap option, you know, when, when the Reds are playing. You know, modest pitchers, I have no problem with that. And he hits right, he's pretty okay. So I'm good with that. Um, I, I also like the Grandall thing. I looked at, you know, picking Dodgers against Zach Granke, and part of me is like, I don't want to, and his peripherals... He's doing that thing again where his peripherals look good, but the results are just <laughs> bad. He's getting he's getting hit. His ERA's, you know, in the fours, you know. I think yeah. he can... Uh... My, my conclusion about the Dodgers today is not stacking them, but somebody out of that group of lefties is going to have a good game. And yeah. I don't know which one it's going to be, but it's going to be somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against putting together a Dodgers stack today, partly because it's so cheap. Like, if you want to play, we'll get to pitching later, obviously. But if you want to play one of the top pitchers today, and you still want to be able to put together a stack of any reasonable clout or a reasonable upside, you got limited options, and the Dodgers are definitely one of them because their players are cheap enough where you can afford to stack them along with one of today's aces. Because you can't really say that about many of these, many of today's stacks. You're not going to be able to afford them and an elite pitcher. It's not going to happen. That's true, and I actually entered into my decision of not wanting to stack them because not only do I feel Granky is probably going to have a, a normal Granky game where he gives up like four runs over seven innings, uh, but you're also going to see a lot of Dodger stacks out there because of the way the prices are shaking out. Yeah. Uh, I think, though, a lot of people are still going to, like, I don't know if a lot of people are going to put that much stock into, like, Granky's recent performance. I think they'll see, a lot of people will see the name and be like, oh, I'm not stacking against that Granky. Yeah, I don't know. It, there's there's definitely blow-up potential there, as we saw last time he played the Dodgers, you know. I'm not counting on that again, but he's definitely not a guy you, you know, can't go against. There's, yeah, there's it's, a it's not it's not it's not my it's not like my top choice. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, it wouldn't be like you know, oh, I really am you know, going to stack the Dodgers today. But like I said, if you want to play one of the elite pitchers, you have limited options on who yeah. you're stacking on offense. Yeah. There, there's definitely yeah. a scenario where he gets hit. Brad, do you have any other catchers that stuck out to you? Uh, no one who's really amazing or anything. Uh, it's Russell Martin against Jared Weaver. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, his price is actually pretty affordable, too, on DraftKings. Uh, uh-huh. might be where I end up going uh, just because of how cheap he is. Sure. Uh, other than that, you know, there, there, there's some guys. They're okay. Uh, they have viable matchups, but they're not anything to get excited about. Uh, Scott, who are you looking at at catcher? Um, I mean, you can always look at uh, one of the Yankees options against Clay Buckholtz. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd be fine with either Gary Sanchez or Brian McCann. Um, I've, I've actually played McCann a couple times recently, and it's kind of like Sanchez is just so the popular pick on DFS sites for Yankees right now that like McCann is going completely unowned. Yeah. Um, and I mean that he can he can always run into one, and Clay Buckholtz has been absolutely atrocious. I uh, if you so one that I kind of like if you're looking to go cheap uh, on FanDuel uh, for 2,800 bucks you can get JT Real Muto uh, against Adam Morgan and Adam Morgan uh, sucks and is a lefty which are two good things for uh, JT Real Muto um, and also I'm uh, another one of the lower priced stacks that I'll talk about later um, when it comes to trying to find something to pair with these expensive pitchers today. Um, there's definitely some potential out there for, for a Mariners stack against Colin McHugh, who has been incredibly average this year. Uh, so Mike Zanino, um, is, is one more guy I'll throw out there is like only really, really only if you're putting together, um, uh, a Mariners stack, uh, cause he's, 
very cheap on DraftKings, just 3000 So uh, I think he'd be an option there. But once again, I'm not playing him as like a one-off. Uh, but for, I think we mentioned everybody else that I had at catcher, yeah. Uh, Real Muto is interesting. I didn't write him down because he's actually struggled with lefties a lot this year. But you have me rethinking it. Oh, has he? He struggled with lefties, uh, but Adam Morgan's so bad. He's, he's not, really bad. Adam and Morgan's, his splits are disgusting. He's so bad. He's not going to stay in the game that deep. The Phillies bullpen's so bad that I'm like, you know what? If Real Muto is affordable, I'm fine with that. I don't think he's going to get up there and go, oh no, a lefty Adam Morgan. I can't handle this. Like, yeah. Before we spend the next hour railing on Adam Morgan, who, yeah, has terrible platoon splits, he has, since his last uh, recall, he's added a new pitch. Uh, he's executing it well, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, you know, the results aren't bad. Uh, you're looking at a, a high three ZRA and a low fours FIP over 30-some innings. Uh, so he's looked better. He's still homer prone against righties. I'm not saying you avoid the Marlins stack for any reason whatsoever, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe you don't expect the full season numbers that he's been putting up. Like sure. He's allowed something like 2.27 home runs per nine to righties, mm-hmm. and uh, like a 300, 380, 500 slash. Uh, it's just something on that order, and I, I would expect less of, than that today. Sure. Yeah. So, so still willing to stack against him, just not rushing out. Yeah. Uh, understand. Right. Yeah. Once again, not a top option, but a cheap one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worth considering. Um, I had just a few more catchers. Uh, you guys okay with Sandy Leone getting Luis Sessa? I mean, I, I you know, the Red Sox stack is going to be fine. Sandy. At Leone. this point, the sample size on Sandy Leone is finally getting big enough where I'm like comfortable playing him in DFS. I think I did it for the first time all season last week, and I was just like, oh, Sandy Leone, fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Not- it's taken me it's taken me until mid September to be to be okay with picking Sandy Leone. But yes, I am okay with it now. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Lucroy gets Kendall Graveman. If you want to spend there, I'm fine with that. There's nothing super exciting there. Graveman can be pretty good sometimes, but overall has been pretty whatever. Um, and then the pick I really like, uh, Nick Hunley at home against Christian Friedrich. Uh, he likes to hit in cores. He likes to hit against lefties. Uh, you know, Christian Friedrich's nothing special. That's a good matchup for Hunley just in terms of the, uh, the splits lineup for him. So, uh, you can consider that, but there's a lot of places to go and usually going cheap at catcher is pretty good. So plenty of options. Um, let's move on to first base where there's also always way too many. I managed to only write down five names, which was pretty good. I've only got seven. Yeah. Uh, which is plenty of options, but not the million I'm used to. Scott, you want to get us started then at first base? Who are you looking at there? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I think Will Myers in Colorado is super obvious. Uh, he's expensive, but I mean, he's a very good chance it'll be, wor- it'll be worth it. Tyler Chatwood has been bad against righties and lefties this year. Um, and once again, it's Coors, so Will Myers is probably going to do some serious damage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David Ortiz and Hanley Ramirez both in play today, uh, today against Luis Sessa, uh, Sessa, whatever. He's pretty even on the splits to either side, uh, evenly pretty bad. So I'm I'm cool with either Ortiz or Hanley. I've become a big fan of playing Hanley lately. I find that he goes really low owned on a lot of slates. Um, kind of the Brian McCann thing, where everybody's going right, Ortiz. yeah, where everybody's going Ortiz, and then Hanley's just sitting there, you know, with like six percent ownership in mm-hmm. a good matchup. And then uh, the other guys have got. Uh, once again, if you've got the money to stack the Blue Jays, uh, Edwin Encarnacion against uh, Jared Weaver. Pretty much anybody 
with like a, a, a pulse and like a functioning functioning baseball equipment. Mm-hmm. Like if they have cleats and a bat, uh, I, I'm okay with playing them against Jared Weaver. Then I've got uh, Joey Votto getting uh, Ryan Vogel song, which is just a delightful matchup. Um, and then the other two I had are kind of more in the the discount side of things. Mitch Moreland getting Kendall Graveman. Uh, you know, like you said, Graveman can be good, um, but he also has his moments where he really blows up. And when he does really blow up, it's almost always against uh, left-handed hitters. So I would not be surprised at all to see Moreland run into a homer today. And then my last option is uh, you know, Mark Reynolds. Just again, going to the Coors thing. And Christian Friedrich is bad against righties when he's not in Coors. And today he is in Coors. So, yeah, those are my options. And, uh, you know, Mark Reynolds, on uh, you know, he's not an exciting player. It's kind of like Nick Hundley. He's not thrilling either. But, I mean... These guys are not super high priced today, and it, it, looking at the way Friedrich struggles against right-handers, and the fact that you know three of the four top most expensive hitters in the Rockies lineup are lefties, uh, I think there's a chance for some like relatively inexpensive Rocky stacks today on the right side of the splits. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. So yeah, there's some options out there. A nice range um, of options. I didn't find any. Any like real cheap bargain bin uh, options? I mean, that might change later today when the lineups come out and we see if anybody else has just like some random AAA dudes in there. But um, for now, I think I'm, I, for, I think first base is as usual going to be a position I spend some money at today. And uh, for those of you not on video, my cat has just crawled into my lap as I'm trying to talk and drink coffee. Um, so yeah, that's about all I got on first base. And uh, yeah. I like uh, I like the Mark Reynolds one. I, we don't usually pick cheap at first base, but uh, those options are nice, and I agree that you know in Coors against the Padres, you know not only Friedrich but the Padres bullpen is nothing special. Uh, right. I think you can you can do that for sure if you want to go that way. Uh, I'm gonna but, top off my coffee. I'll be right back in 20 seconds. Sure, uh, Brad. Who'd you have at first base? You have anybody that Scott missed? Uh, the big one that I have is Miguel Cabrera, mm-hmm. who. I happened to look at some uh, batter versus pitcher stuff for J.D. Martinez because I had a feeling he was good against Kyle Kluber, or, or Corey Kluber, I mean. Uh, turns out I was wrong. It's Miguel Cabrera who's very good against Corey Kluber. has okay. like a 1,300 OPS and 42 plate appearances. Okay. So he had a size sample of five home runs in that period. Uh, he just seems like he mashes him, and it makes sense. Kluber has a below-average fastball, and Miguel's probably just picking it out. Uh, so that that's one I'd look at today. He's pretty affordable, and people will probably be staying away from going after Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do have a couple bargains. Uh, Xavier Scruggs is one of them. Uh, very cheap on both sites, 2000 on FanDuel, 2500 on DraftKings. Uh, not much of a major league track record yet. Uh, he's getting some starts. Uh, hasn't gotten too much work against lefties yet, which uh, surprises me. Well, he's kind of fighting Chris Johnson for playing time. Uh, but if Scruggs is in the lineup, he's a solid power, power option against Adam Morgan today. And again, costs nothing at all. Uh, the other guy you could try is Ryan Howard. Uh, big power numbers is going to start. Uh, has something like 10 home runs in his last 120 plate appearances. Uh, a pretty solid option for power. And Tom Kohler is just kind of mediocre. Uh, it could give up a home run. It's not with that. It's not well out of the realm of possibility. And Howard is very cheap. Uh, so those are two guys in the bargain bin you could try. 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. The, you know, the Scruggs one is especially sneaky. You know, not many people are going to be going there, but if he starts and gets out of Morgan, that'd be just fine. Um, I had just two more names. Um, Jose Abreu gets Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy's been a little bit cold lately, and Jose Abreu, you know, went through a good stretch. You could consider that not particularly exciting, but certainly an option. Um, and then I wrote Freddie Freeman getting Max Scherzer, because Max Scherzer has those, you know, the susceptibility to lefties. But Freddie Freeman and his wife just had a kid, and that was the thing, is he just exited the game to, uh, go see his kid get born. And I think that was yesterday, so he's probably not playing today. Uh, so that <laughs> option doesn't work. Uh, congratulations to the Freemans and their child. Uh, but, I, you know, if there's lefties you kinda like, I think you can sneak them against Max Scherzer, cause a lot of people just stay away from him. Um, not with a ton of confidence, but as options. But other than that, that's all the, you guys kinda covered the first baseman, uh, I had. Um, let's move on to second base, where I've been having a bunch of options lately, and, and Friday's oh, yeah. no different. Second base is, yeah, yep. second base is loaded. Uh, Brad, who are your favorites at second base? So, might as well start at the top. Brian Dozier, super on fire. He's up against Bartolo Colon, who pretty much only throws fastballs. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're very wily fastballs, but it, <laughs> with, with Dozier able to just sit on the one pitch, I, I do like that matchup. Uh, a good chance that he continues the crazy power surge. Uh, also, another extensive guy, uh, if you have the money for him, uh, Trey Turner is someone, uh, especially on DraftKings, I think he's only outfield in FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, if you can get Trey Turner into a lineup most days, it's the right play. <laughs> he's He gets on base a lot. He's ahead of guys who drive him in. Uh, it's, it's a great situation. Uh, you can also go with Daniel Murphy, who's having a fantastic season, too. Uh, both up against John Gant, uh, good matchups for both. Uh, going a little bit further down the list, like Ryan Schimpf up against Tyler Chatwood. That one's at Coors. Yep. He's got Coors field prices hatched to him, uh, but the, the matchup's great. Uh, he, he did face Chatwood last week without doing much damage, but uh, it's one of those situations where you got a extreme fly ball hitter, a, a ground ball pitcher, and those usually really favor the hitter. Uh, so Shim's a good bet for extra base hits or home runs. Uh, also on the other side of that, you got DJ LeMahieu, uh, always very solid, very steady, uh, good uh, high floor pick for a cash game type scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not someone I'm really turning to in a GPP today, just because he's expensive and he's uh, not the most high ceiling guy. Yeah. I didn't have much in terms of bargains today at second base. Uh, this is the one thing. Uh, Chase Utley was the one guy who really stood out as someone who's cheap and could have a good game. Uh, that's against Zach Greinke, as we mentioned. Uh, if you end up with that uh, Dodger stack, uh, Utley will probably be a part of it. Uh, not as likely to hit a home run as many other Dodgers, uh, but could have multiple hits and score multiple times uh, if the other guys uh, click together. Another pretty high floor. I don't know. I, I kind of think like he's like a poor man's, well, not even a poor man's, man's I mean, he's a poor man's LeMahieu by price, but I think you have similar expectations for both players on a day like today, right? Yeah, yeah. At least matchups harder, and uh, he's a lower average hitter. So in general, yeah, I, I think the poor man's LeMahieu fits, uh, but he does have a good OBP and he has some power, so he makes up for the, uh, you know, the lack of high average. Yeah, uh, I like those. I agree. I didn't have a lot of cheaper, lower options at second base. There's so many studs. Um, Scott, who are you looking at at, at second base? Let's see. Uh, well, as a Twins fan who the only pleasure I've gotten from baseball this season has been watching Brian Dozier, I'll double down on the Brian Dozier pick because that's always super great. Um, 
Uh, let's see here. The ones he did not mention, I've got Rugnan Odor getting Kendall Graveman again, trying to pick on that uh, weakness of Graveman's against lefties. Um, so Rugnan Odor, odd option there. Uh, Jose Altuve, I still don't love the idea of stacking against Felix because he's just kind of been mediocre without being bad, bad. But, I mean, Jose Altuve, uh, that's a pretty – it's not a scary matchup for him, and his Altuve's price has really dropped uh, on FanDuel. I think they may still be overvaluing Felix, perhaps. Uh, and so he's 3700 today, which is a pretty pretty darn good bargain for Jose Altuve uh, on any day. Uh, once again, uh, if you want to target Colin McHugh and his mediocreness, you can go with uh, Robbie Cano. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely going to be thinking about putting together a Mariners stack here and there today. Uh, personally, um, you've got your kind of mid-tier Dustin Pedroia, Devin Travis. Um, I kind of love them together because they're they're once again guys that probably aren't going to hit a home run, probably aren't going to steal a base, but they'll get on base a bunch and hopefully score some runs. It's not really the guy I, I, I like to play unless unless it's part of a stack. That's the only time I'm really – I'm never going to pick a Devin Travis as a one-off, you know. But then I do have a couple of cheap options. Uh, we've got the super flaming red-hot Brandon Phillips. Have you guys – like, he's really hitting the ball lately. And he gets Ryan Vogelsong, and Ryan Vogelsong is bad – um, but he's especially bad against right-handers. Vogelsong has a bit of a reverse platoon split this year, and with as hot as Brandon Phillips is, uh, and you know, talking about the cheaper stack options, the Reds are definitely a nice cheap stack option today against Vogelsong. Um, so yeah, Brandon Phillips, not a bad option. And then uh, Starling Castro is nice and cheap on pretty much all sites. He's got Clay Buckholtz and. You know, Castro has been hitting, he's been hitting the homers. Uh, really that's when I'm looking for like one-off picks or like bargain picks in, in DFS, I'm always, almost always looking for, Oh, who's the guy that could homer today, you know, and Starling Castro against Clay Buckholz is that's a pretty good shot of a homer right there. Uh, so yeah, those are my options for today. Um, Really quite a range there just uh, in price. So I think second base might be one of those positions that I kind of wait until I fill up the rest of my lineup and then just kind of see what fits. Yeah, uh, I like those. I didn't know about Brandon Phillips being hot, but that is a that is a good call, especially as a cheaper option. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little more interested in Devin Travis in that stack just because he's been leading off a lot and maybe that gives him yeah. a little bit of a bump for me. But uh, I agree, it makes him a little more interesting as part of a, a stack. Um, Starlin Castro, I talked about last week, has been so much better at home than on the road, but he's going to Fenway and, you know, right-handed hitters in Fenway do okay. You know, I don't think that's a a terrible place for him to hit or anything. The home road thing for him has been really interesting. Um, I had just a few names you guys didn't mention. Um, Brad, are you interested in Adam Frazier getting Robert Stevenson at all? He's also been batting lead off a little bit. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Adam Frazier in general. Uh, it's a matter of him playing, really. Yeah, uh, he, he's been getting in. Some some guys have been banged up. If he's in there, especially if he's leading off, I'm, I'm thinking about that. If you can get him at second base, I'm I'm not a I'm, I'm not to you know interrupt, but I've I've really turned away from rostering the leadoff guys in DFS because like what's their ceiling? Their right. absolute absolute ceiling ceiling is maybe like. Get on base three times, 
and uh, steal a base, score a couple runs. You know, mm-hmm. you're looking at like a 20 point ceiling. That, that's, I mean, if you're in a cash game, that's great. But for GPPs, I'm looking for a guy who can put the ball in the seats. Right. When it comes to runs versus RBIs, it's just runs are a lot less explosive. It's really hard to come up with a three or four run game like you can like a, you know, three or four RBI game, you know? Right. You can mm-hmm. do that on one swing, whereas, like, coming around to score three or four times. I mean, it's, right. it's something I, you know, think about a lot in terms of standard fantasy, not just DFS. You know, runs, uh-huh. run totals are more of a slow, consistent burn, and RBIs are explosive. They come in bunches. So um, in terms of DFS, if you're playing GPP or whatever, you know, RBI guys are a little more popular than run guys for that reason. Uh, so I, I like leadoff guys, but that's less of an explosive high ceiling type thing. I agree. Um, the points are there can, you know, more consistently maybe, but, but maybe not as explosive. So different kind of player and pick, but, but that's worth, worth bringing up for sure. Um, only other second baseman I had is Logan Forsyth, just cause it's an Ubaldo Jimenez day, but Ubaldo Jimenez is doing his weird stretch of being kind of halfway competent, you know, and the Rays don't usually hit righties. I'm not staying away from Ubaldo Jimenez at all, but maybe a little bit of the, uh, pardon the comp, the, the Adam Morgan treatment, and that I'm not sprinting out to pick against him as much as I'm okay with picking against him for sure. I, but. I think with Ubaldo, even when he's going well, even when he's pitching well, I'm still quite confident playing left-handers against him just because mm-hmm. he, I mean, he even when he's pitching well, he's so bad against lefties. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be scared about Forsyth either. I mean, he's been hitting the ball. Yeah. For sure. That's another leadoff guy, and he's right-handed. I think he's he's fine, but you have a million options at second base, so I don't know that yeah. that's where I'm going. But I wanted us to say Ubaldo Jimenez uh, while, while he's on, on the on the slate. Um, all right, let's move on to third base. Uh, Brad, who are you looking at at third base? Uh, jumping right off the top, uh, Nolan Arenado. Uh, that one's obvious. I don't think we need to talk about too much. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, one thing I was going to say, his price is nice and affordable today on, on both FanDuel and DraftKings. 3800 on FanDuel, 4100 on DraftKings. He's cheaper than – I mean, on DraftKings, he's cheaper than Josh Donaldson, Yangaris, Salarte, Justin Turner, Young-Ho Kong, Kyle Seeger, uh, Jose Reyes. He's cheaper than Jose Reyes. Yeah, that's it- – that's weird. I, I'm I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing him costing fifty five hundred on DraftKings. Uh oh. Does one? Oh, did they to, ch- did they change it? Does one of you have to refresh? Maybe. Maybe it, if it'll give it to you at that. Price oh wow! Spot. No, yeah. they bumped him all the way up to fifty five hundred. Oh okay. That I must was like have been Scott. A, if they're giving you a, that price, you got to lock it in. No, that must have been <laughs> a glitch. That must have been a glitch or something. Oh, okay. Anyways, okay, well, on, yeah, on, yeah, on you are right about FanDuel, and yeah. he's going to be super popular in FanDuel as a result, because you yes, can get that will. into a, a lineup with Max Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you can afford him, total green light, uh, who yep. else do you like, Brad? Uh, so, like Kyle Seeger against Colin McHugh, uh, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about picking on him a little bit. Uh, Seeger's one I like a little more than the others we've mentioned so far. And uh, someone I'd consider as a one-off, too, if you're just looking for one guy. He's mm-hmm. pretty expensive, though, so it's not a situation you're going to run into very often. Uh, I, I like Indians today. We haven't really talked about any of them, but Jason Kipnis is fine. Uh, Jose Ramirez, the third baseman, is another one who's fine. Uh, not a big power threat, but I like the idea of going after Michael Fulmer. He's slowed down recently, uh, but he's still done enough this year that no one else is really going to be stacking against him. 
And uh, Indian's, again, one of those slightly affordable stacks where uh, you can get a, a cohesive unit that might score a lot of points uh, without uh, paying so much that you can't roster a good pitcher to. Uh, so j- just like the other ones we talked about, there's a lot of room for them to just kind of put up two runs and leave you in the, in the cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There's also upside there, too. And so Ramirez, Kipnis, one of the first basemen, uh, they all work. Beyond that, I, I do like uh, Ryan Healy, uh, the adjustments he's made uh, up against Cole Hamels today, the lefty-on-righty matchup. Uh, Hamels is a little homer-prone, and uh, Healy's really swinging for the tenses these days. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like the in concept. Again, that's one of those situations where I'm probably doing it as a one-off. And uh, Healy's quite a bit more affordable than Seager, so that makes a little more sense. Well, I was going to mention uh, just about the A's in general. Um, I'm starting to wonder you know, with how unbelievably hot that offense has been. I'm starting to wonder a when the pricing is going to catch up to the production on these guys because it has not done so yet. Uh, and B, you know, how long can all the, how long can these these guys keep this up? This is not a lineup full of expected future all stars here. You know, like it's. It's very interesting that this team's been able to string together as many explosive games as they have recently. So, I don't know, like, how much stock, like, when you guys are putting together a lineup, like, how much stock do you put into, like, a hot streak like that for a team? Like, are you looking to avoid them because you're thinking that players are going to be all over them after they've scored double-digit runs, like, almost three days in a row now? Um, or is that a situation you're chasing because the prices haven't adjusted yet? How do you guys like to play something like that? So in this specific scenario, because they have Hamels, I'm probably right. avoiding. Uh, but Hamels has been pretty rough lately, though. Uh, it's just a couple starts. He, he, I've watched a lot of Cole Hamels over his career, and it's it he all does, comes down does. to a couple pitches. Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's going to be like three pitches in a game that decide whether he's had a, an amazing start or just kind of like gave up four or five runs. Yeah, so no, it's, you're right. Uh, and the A's are they're definitely a highly volatile offense. If they're playing Martin Perez today, yeah, I'd avoid them because I'd expect everyone buying in. Uh, since they're playing Hamels, I'm avoiding them because they're facing a pitcher. Uh, but I'm not afraid to take one or two of them at the same time. Right. And, yeah, uh, I think it's a good one-off situation for sure. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned Ryan Healy, and I had to bring it up because Matt and I had a discussion this week about how his name is pronounced, and I'm with you. I just read it and went, oh yeah, Ryan. That, that's Ryan. It's it's spelled funky, but that's Ryan Healy. And then Matt and I realized we don't know that for sure, and then I did some quick Googling on it and couldn't find a, a pronunciation guide. But you're with me. You just assume that R-Y-O-N is, is Ryan, Ryan Healy. I've heard other people call him Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I haven't listened to an A's broadcast in a while, so yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just assumed that, and we... we asked for some tweets and nobody ever had a confirmation for us about that it's Ryan Healy. But... I actually, you know, you can put the French twist on it and have it be real. Yeah. Real yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a monster shot the other day. Uh, yeah, that was, wasn't the, the, the longest, I, heard, I thought I heard it was the longest non-Coors homer of the year. Really? I knew it was. Uh, it was the it was... fifth longest of the season I saw. Okay. Yeah. So, Which context. <laughs> still, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if one through four were all at course. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I don't think anyone would. Has some pop. Interesting guy. Uh, you know, I'm getting Hamels. I'm, I'm a little intrigued there. Um, Brad, any other third baseman for you? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Uh, but I'm not. 
remember who it is. Well, I'm scrolling and messing. Oh, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, he he hasn't been hitting for much power lately, which is, kind of turns me off a little bit. Uh, he's got like four home runs since the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, not against Ryan Bolasung. Uh, the matchup's fine. It's at Cincinnati, so it's a good place for power. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's hitting well besides the uh, lack of power, but it's kind of leaning on a 389 bat hit. Um, it, it's a solid play, one that shouldn't be too popular. Sure. Especially since I don't think a lot of people probably know or pay attention close enough to realize that Vogelsong has those reverse platoon splits. So I think you could be right about him being low-owned, you know, again, just because people see that righty on righty and not realize that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, who do you have at third base? You know, you could always go with you know, Josh Donaldson, always in play, especially against Jared Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super expensive, but there's a reason for that. Yungarvis uh, Solarte is in a great spot against Chatwood. Um, you know, once again, pretty uh, Padres are just awesome today. What I really like, um, you know, we were talking earlier about picking on Zach Granke, but I think Justin Turner would be a really good one-off pick uh, or as part of a Dodgers stack. Uh, Justin Turner is one of those guys who hits right-handers far, far better than he hits left-handers. He has one of the most extreme reverse platoon splits of any like you know star player in major league baseball it's just incredible uh and granky's been giving it up to both sides of the plate so i think justin turner is a great pick today i love justin turner a lot of a lot of days because once again like not a lot of people are super aware of his extreme reverse platoon splits as a hitter and i think that's that's a spot where you can get a guy who has really high upside and really low ownership on a lot of days um I mean, like, you know, most, most DFS players are going to sit there and scroll down and be like, oh, Justin Turner against Zach Granke. Eh, you know, they'll move on. So I also, uh, you know, Anthony Rendon, uh, once again, just anybody against John Gant, because John Gant is John Gant. Young Ho Kong, red hot lately, uh, oh, yeah. hits and hits righties, once again, just like Justin Turner hits righties way, way, way better than lefties. So getting Robert Stevenson uh, in Cincinnati today is a very enticing matchup. He's ungodly expensive on uh, on on DraftKings. If you're playing on FanDuel, I'm all in on playing Young Ho Kong. I think I'll probably be playing him a lot today. Um, the only other one, uh, actually I mentioned him, jokingly when I made my incorrect point about Arenado being cheap on DraftKings. But uh, on FanDuel, Jose Reyes is 2800 bucks, and he gets Jose Berrios, who, as a Twins fan, for those of you listening and not watching, I'm wearing a Twins shirt right now. Uh, I, I've watched almost every one of Berrios' starts, and for as bad as he's been, he might be getting worse as the season goes along. <laughs> I think he is possibly the least prepared major league pitcher right now for facing major league hitting. It is, it is absolutely incredible how he is just, he cannot get outs. I think in his last game, by the time he got his fifth out, he already had four walks and it's just, he's, he has no idea where the ball is going. Uh, Unfortunately for him, the hitters seem to have a great idea of where it's going. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, Jose Reyes, 2,800 bucks. He's actually been hitting for quite a bit of power which has been surprising. Uh, and Berrios is just so atrocious yeah. that, I mean, for 2800 bucks, there's actually quite a bit of upside for Jose Reyes today. Sure. Yeah, Berrios, talented guy. Like, might have a future, yeah. but oh, yeah. nothing yet. 
Yeah. He, he's got the stuff. I mean, you can see it when he pitches. You're like, oh, okay, I can see why he's a prospect, but I can also see why he's still a prospect instead of a guy that has a sub-10 ERA in the majors, which yeah. he might. I think it's like 9.88 right now. Yeah, and like. In like 50-some innings. It's not like it's even that small of a sample anymore. He's given up like 60 earned runs in 50-some innings. It's just it's amazing. It's it's impressive in an unfortunate way. Yeah, if you want to stack <laughs> some Mets you like, I'm fine with that for sure. Um, and once again, a, you can, once again, it'll be cheap because yeah. a lot of these Mets guys are cheap. Yep. Um, I only had a few third base when you guys didn't mention. Nothing exciting. You think Manny Machado against Chris Archer, I guess. I mean, Chris Archer is not exploitable, but he's also not 2015 Chris Archer. And it's Manny Machado. Be fine. And then same on the flip side, I have Evan Longoria get Nubaldo. And Evan Longoria's had a pretty good year, uh, and he can hit righties just fine. So if you want to do that, I don't have a problem with that. Neither of them are that clever. You guys covered uh, most of the good ones at third base. Um, let's get into shortstop. Brad, who are you looking at at shortstop for Friday? Uh, so, so lack of options today, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start with two that I really like who probably aren't at the top of everyone's list. Uh, Brad Miller up against Ubaldo Jimenez. Yeah. Uh, love love Brad Miller at, at Camden Yards in general. Great park for left-handed power. Jimenez has, I think it's a 1.72 home run per nine against left-handed hitters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's, he's prone to lefties. Uh, the park's in his favor, too. Uh, so I like Miller. He's going back cleanup. Uh, situation's prime for him. Uh, the other guy I really like is uh, Jose Peraza up against Ryan Vogel's song. I've been using Peraza a lot lately. Uh, very much a high floor type pick as opposed to the uh, high ceiling play. Uh, but still a good shot at getting you know five balls in play today. If he reaches base three times, he'll steal a base at least probably. Uh, he, yeah, that, that's the thing about like a guy like Peraza who's so incredibly fast that he can steal. You know, he's a legit threat to steal multiple bases. That's right. that's a like a leadoff type guy that I'm way more exactly. comfortable taking. You know, Peraza is classic D Gordon right now. Like, yeah, D Gordon was good. That is what Peraza is doing now. Yep. So that that's how you should treat him, and the situation's right to use him today. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, any other shortstop stick out to you? Uh, obviously, Corey Seager. Anytime yeah. you can afford Corey Seager, go ahead. And uh, in Arizona, it's just doubly enticing. Uh, I mentioned liking a, an Indian stack as something that might be a little affordable. Uh, Lindor's not the most affordable of those Indians, but he's quite talented. And if you can get him in as part of that stack, do it. Uh, and then I like Troy Tulowitzki up against Jared Weaver, because why not? Sure. Yeah, I had too low, too. I had, you know, like Scott said, anybody in the Toronto lineup that you're okay with that, you know, can pick up a bat, uh, I can go with there. Um, Scott, who'd you have at shortstop? You know, uh, what, you know, I, I'm always down with playing Xander Bogarts. He gets uh, Luis Sessa, um, not afraid of that matchup at all. Uh, Bogarts has a really nice price on, on DraftKings today. He's pretty affordable, uh, so I wouldn't mind that. It's either part of a stack or a one-off. Uh, you've got you've got the weirdly powerful as Drupal Cabrera. He's up to what, like eighteen homers this year? Just like where did that come from? Um, but uh, as Drupal Cabrera, you know, even with the the weird little power surge this year, and I just looked up, he's up to nineteen homers. All right, so oh nineteen home nineteen home runs for his Drupal Cabrera this year. How who would have ever seen that coming? But once again, he's got uh, he's got Barrios, which is just I mean all hands on deck against Jose Barrios because there'll probably be 14 runs on the board by the time there's one out in the first inning. Um, 
as Dribble Cabrera. He's outrageously inexpensive on on DraftKings. So for those of you on DraftKings, just jump all over his Dribble Cabrera today. He's incredibly cheap. The only other ones I had, not really excited about either of them. I mean, if you're looking for a one-off from Oakland, Marcus Simeon is Mm -hmm. a really good option because he annihilates lefties, and he's been red hot lately after a pretty extended cold stretch. He's really turned it back on again. Um, So Simeon's the guy I'm comfortable with if you want to go a little cheaper. And another guy that I like a little cheaper is – um, you know, I, I, I don't usually like targeting guys uh, playing in San Francisco, but um, Aletimus Diaz is back, and he's got Matt Moore, and Diaz is very cheap pretty much across all sites, and, you know, it, it, Matt Moore doesn't scare me at all. I'm not doing a Cardinals stack today, once again, because I said, you know, there's better options, and that park is so bad uh, for suppressing homers. But uh, Diaz is one of those just like kind of uh, wide range of, of ways that he can get you points, um, and I like that matchup for him. But that's about all I had. Well, you know, not personally, I'm probably going to be rostering Seager if I can afford him, and either as Drupal or Tulo if I can't. Yeah. Um, I, you, you took, you took the last ones I had. I had a Ledmus Diaz. Uh, I didn't know if you had Oh, Miller mention. too. Super excited about Um, it. and, uh, Jed Jerko, uh, you know, maybe kind of lost his job to a Diaz. It's such a crowded, weird infield going on in St. Yeah. Louis, but Jed Jerko's uh, hit well enough in the second half. I think he can still find some starts. And against a lefty, I highly doubt Colton Wong's going to be starting. So there's yeah, a spot true. for him there. Yeah. So wherever, um, Jed, uh, wherever Jed Jerko is, um, Hopefully you can get him at shortstop, and if you can, you know, play him at shortstop, get Matt Moore. He hasn't done great against lefties this year. Brad and I have discussed that, that we're not that worried about that. Um, I'm more worried about San Francisco than I am worried about it being Matt Moore. Um, right. So I don't love it, but again, his second half's been so strong. If you want to play Jed Jerko, uh, if he gets in the lineup against Matt Moore, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think you can do that. So other than that, you guys stole all my shortstops. I agree. I love Brad Miller. Uh, I think that's great. Jose Peraza, uh, sneaky as Dribble Cabrera. There's lots of places to go. Shortstop's yeah. not bad today. Um, let's get in the outfield where there are surely a million options. Brad, who are your favorite places uh, places to go for outfield on Friday? So it's a green light day for Mike Trout. He likes Ari Dickey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's one of the places I actually look at uh, batter versus pitcher data. He's right, for knuckleballers, yeah. Yeah, he... he Trout has no problems with Ari Dickey. Uh, so it's green light day for him if you have the money. Uh, same for the uh, Boston o- offense against Luis Sessa. That's mostly Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Attendee's in there. Uh, he usually is batting ninth, which obviously isn't advantageous, but he's also usually pretty cheap, too. And I haven't checked his price today, but I assume that holds true. I'll take a look at it while you're talking. Yeah. Uh, another super expensive outfield. Uh, Trey Turner costs more than Bryce Harper. Uh, that, that's something I would never anticipate. <laughs> I, I noticed that. I noticed that. And it's on both. It's, it's on like. It's, yeah, both it's sides. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a lot more than Bryce Harper, but it's more. And okay. It's, so. Uh, and it's interesting. I looked up Jackie Bradley for you. Uh, on FanDuel, he's 3,400. But on DraftKings, he's 5,100. Oh boy. Right, yeah, so Bradley's more expensive. Ben Attendee's 2900 on DraftKings, so that's that's the affordable option. There. Yeah, on FanDuel, I'd be fine with Bradley still. Yeah. Yeah, 
Ben Intendi, if you just want somebody cheap as part of that uh, Red Sox stack, you know, he's holding his own. The, he's doing okay. the, the other outfield unit I really like today, a uh, couple Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer and Corey Dickerson. Yep. Uh, both red hot right now. Both lefties at Camden Yards against Ubaldo, who, as I mentioned, not so great against lefties. Yep. Uh, excellent situation, and they're fairly affordable. Uh, okay, Scott, who's sticking out to you in the outfield, the, your favorites for, for Friday? Uh, you want me to go expensive or cheap, or what do you want me to yeah, go Yeah, we here? can knock mm-hmm. out, you know, the expensive ones off the top of okay. the list. Like, if, um, you want, if you want Jose Bautista getting Jared Weaver, green light, sure. Right, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, Cespedes against Berrios, sure. um, yeah. that's good. And Cespedes' price has dropped uh, pretty nicely on DraftKings. He's in an affordable spot today. Um, so Cespedes against Berrios. Yeah, Alex Dickerson doesn't really excite me as a player, but he does have some pop and he's playing in Coors against Tyler Chatwoods. If you want to go there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you, especially if you're putting together a Padres stack. Um, he's, he should probably be part of it. Giancarlo Stanton is apparently going to play in the outfield tonight. Uh, so a lot of people might not notice that. And Giancarlo Stanton could go very low owned against Adam Morgan, which as we've talked uh, for right-handed hitters, that's a pretty good matchup, and uh, I mean, Giancarlo hasn't played the field in a long time, so I mean, we'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, rumors are that he will be starting and playing the field today, so um, might be a nice sneaky day for Giancarlo. Um, I like that. Uh, I also like Marcelo Zuna getting Adam Morgan. That's a green yep. light, for yeah. sure. Yep. That's a Zuna has big numbers against lefties. Yes, yep. he does. That's a great one. And then if we're gonna if we're gonna dive into it, we're gonna get real deep. Uh, do you think Jeff Francoeur starts? Too deep. Too no, deep. Too deep. Too, too deep. far. <laughs> Gone too far. Uh, <laughs> that would have him having to start over one of them or Christian Yelich, and we don't know if that'll actually happen. And I totally respect their call of it being too deep. That might be too much. I might have gone too far there. But <laughs> him getting a lefty, him getting out of Morgan, I, I would at least bring it up on a podcast. I don't know that I would pick it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I had at least I got to write down Jeff Francoeur. On the other side... uh Brad, your boy Roman Quinn, I've seen not just you, but other people annoyed here. He has not <laughs> showed up on all the DFS sites, right? Yeah, no, what's up with that? left him out still. It's, it's been incredible. a while. Yeah. It, I've, yeah. I've been for several days in a row, and they, they keep telling me that, yeah, he's in there, and then the next contest comes out and he's not in there. Yeah. Uh, so it's... They, they've told me again that he's in there, so we'll see if he's there tomorrow. But I've been I, looking for him because I've been expecting him to be a really, really good bargain play, just like Peraza. Yeah. I brought him up uh, on the show this week. Matt's comment was that he has the best evil villain name that he's ever heard. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, I I saw him in the Fall League, and he was... I mean, he's he's a little guy, but he's, you know, super fast, play, plays good outfield. They're... You know, batting up near the top of the lineup. Uh, so far, so good. Very small sample size, but Skip AAA jumped up and is batting out of the two hole just fine. That's a fine, cheap third outfield pick for sure. And he gets Tom Kohler, so whatever. Uh, yeah, if you can get, depending on where you're playing, if you can get Roman Quinn, uh, that's an option, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's someone I like, and I haven't checked his DraftKings price, but I'm and checking, now it's 2500 Yeah. That's exactly what you want to fill in your Max Scherzer, Chris Sale lineup. (laughs) 
Um, if you, again, I'm not pumped about San Francisco, but Stephen Piscotti getting a lefty is always worth looking at. He gets Matt Moore. He crushes lefties. Uh, should be fine there. I wrote the A's outfield down. That's Chris Davis. That's Danny Valencia. That's Jake Smolinski. They can all hit lefties, and they you're kind of homer hunting against Cole Hamels, hoping they catch that mistake. Uh, you know, it's kind of volatile, but I, I think they're options, especially Chris with a K, Davis. Um, I wrote down Gregory Polanco getting Robert Stevenson. We haven't picked is, many pirates. Are you is, Val- is Valencia playing? Uh, he's been weren't they weren't they he, gonna he's... cut him and then said they'll hang on to him? Yeah, it, it turned out that the cutting was bad reporting, I guess, or they changed their mind after it was released. Really yeah, uh, I, I don't know, but in, in any case, yeah, he's still on the team. He's still playing a fair amount. Yeah. Like, you have to watch out for spot starts with uh, who was it? The the two call ups that just had was it Matt Olson and uh, yeah, the... third baseman. Huh? Renato? I I need to look up his name. Okay, yeah, Valencia is still playing. Renato Nunez. Valencia is still playing regularly. Never mind, yeah. Messy messy lineup, but if you want the handful of them can hit lefties pretty well, I I would consider them against Cole Hamels. Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't really picked against Robert Stevenson. I wrote down Gregory Polanco. No, Polanco? Polanco yeah, like, hasn't Polanco hasn't had like an extra base hit in what like three months. He's been <laughs> uh, he's 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 seriously been like a pitcher level hitter. I was looking it's, for it's, looking for pirates I like against Robert Stevenson. That's the thing. Like I actually wrote down I, I actually wrote down Stevenson as an option for pitchers because I hate all these pirates. Like you got I mean McCutcheon is pretty much like okay I'm I'm afraid of Andrew McCutcheon. Okay, who else yeah. in this lineup? It's, like I mean. Um, Marte, Marte is still out. I mean, uh, Polanco hasn't hit a baseball in like weeks. Uh, I mean, there's basically two guys. You know, you've got McCutcheon and Kong, and that's yeah. the only the only spots you have to work around. Other than that, this lineup is really bad. So it's not and, a, it's not avoiding Robert Stevenson. It's just not finding much from the Pirates. Yeah, and I mean, I'm totally I'm totally happy. I would, I would, you know, Andrew yeah. McCutcheon today, especially on DraftKings, he's only 3900 bucks on DraftKings. That's yeah. a heck of a bargain for Andrew McCutcheon. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with that for the, sure. The Pirates put up a million runs on Thursday, but I agree it's not a real inspiring offense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, trying to see who else I had on my list. Uh Ryan Rayburn is the righty in yeah. the course. They'll get Christian Friedrich if he should, you know, hopefully get a start there. Uh, I like that. I'd consider that. Um, I mean, I picked Max Kepler against Bartolo Colon. If you're picking against Bartolo Colon, it's always just kind of a whatever pick. Um, last one that I kind of like, uh, Ender Inciarte should lead off for the Braves and start against Max Scherzer. Again, you're being real contrarian and sneaky in a GPP-type format, but if you want to get real deep... And try and uh, try and pick a lefty against Scherzer. There's a weakness there, and people just don't think about it because his numbers are so uh, flashy. Um, but Andrew Inciarte has been good since he's been back. He's left-handed against Scherzer. I'm at least thinking about it. Um, Ooh, who's got the train? I do. I do. Pardon the train nice. going by my house again. This happens. <laughs> Can't control it. Uh, um, you know, okay, so one thing I was looking up uh, is I was thinking about Rayburn last night myself, and then I looked up his performance. Uh, you guys know when he hit his last home run? I don't. Uh, it was... He's been cold. Yeah, they, yeah. It, wow, that, that train is hot, though. Pardon uh, me. That's all good. Uh, the last time he hit a home run was as a pinch hitter on July 15th. Oh, boy. 
It has been over two months since Ryan Rayburn has left the yard. I, I have to cop to not being up on uh, Ryan Rayburn then. I had, I, I, had, I had no idea until yeah. I looked it up last night, and I was like, wow, like his, his average points per game are like a lot lower than I thought they would be. Because he had I a good first half. I was like, wow, yeah, exactly. And I, I just I had completely not noticed until last night when I was researching for this show. I was just like, whoa, where did your power go, Ryan Rayburn? Good, good, call, weird. good call by Scott then. Maybe less interested in Ryan Rayburn. Uh, Brad, did you have any other outfielders that we can't leave behind? Uh, I, I might have spaced out while we talked about them, but Padres outfield, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Dickinson yeah. and Travis Jankowski especially. Yeah. Uh, of course. Couldn't do that. And then uh, Blue Jays outfield. Uh, Jose Batista, if mm-hmm. you're willing to pay for the cold one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Saunders has the lefty and righty matchup. And then I'd even go with Kevin Pillar. Uh, all up against Jared Weaver. Why not? Yep. So again, if you if you have a pulse, a bat, and some spikes, I'm yeah. cool with rostering you against Jared Weaver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott, were there any outfielders that we can't leave behind for you? Yeah, I've got a couple more. Um, I once again just load up against Barrios, so Curtis Granderson is an option. Uh, I like Carlos Beltran getting Graveman. Once again, Grave, uh, Beltran and Nomar Mazzara, really lefties against Graveman all day long. Uh, lefties, lefties, lefties. Uh, Seth Smith, if you're looking to have a cheap guy to throw into a, uh, a Mariners stack, I like that. Reds outfielders. Okay, so Vogelsong is not very scary. And uh, on, on DraftKings... Priced, priced correctly, I would say, about at 4600 Adam Duvall's 2700 bucks on FanDuel today. And he's got Ryan Vogelsong. That's a, about as good of a position as you're going to find for Adam Duvall. And he's 2700 bucks. So that's like my, probably my top value pick of the day. Like if, yeah. I mean, that's, that is just ridiculous. How did he fall to $2,700? And I looked at it, I was like, has he been slumping? And the answer is no. So I have no idea how his price point fell so far down. Mm-hmm. But um, Adam Duval is a guy I'm absolutely interested in. And then other than that, I think we've mentioned everybody except I was going to say, uh, just point out that the Dodgers outfield, if you want to do the Dodgers stack thing, uh, cheap exposure to it is the outfield. I mean, on, on FanDuel, every Dodgers outfielder is under 3000 bucks. All of them. Not a single Dodgers outfielder exceeds $2,900. That's Josh Reddick. So Reddick, $2,900. Peterson and Puig are $2,600. Yeah, if you're stacking against Granky, this is where your value is at. Yeah, that's, that's too cheap. I agree. Those, those are those are worth looking at. If, you, if you're hoping for the Zach Granky blow up. Oh, and especially in Arizona. I mean, I you know when it comes to making DFS lineups, I treat Arizona almost as strongly as Coors. Obviously not quite yeah. as much, but I mean for power it's 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 up there, man. And you know, all all I mean all three of those guys have the you know have plenty of power to run into one against Granky and those yep. prices are just just great. So yep. that's that's yeah, I'm into that. Those are worth considering. Uh, let's knock out these pitchers. There's plenty of places to go. Not as many as some fourteen game slates we have, but plenty. Brad you taking Chris Archer in Baltimore? You okay with that? Yeah, there's five aces I have no problem taking. They yeah. happen to be the five most expensive players on. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Fan, also on FanDuel. Let's cross Cruiser against the, the Braves. Yes, yeah. go. Good. Kluber against 
Tigers is the one I'm a little reticent about uh, just because of his price and some of the Tigers actually do hit Kluber historically. Right. Uh, Especially maybe. <laughs> they're, they're a good lot. You know, it's, it's a tough unit to get through when you don't have a plus fastball. And I mean, we, um, we, we do talk, like we joke about batter versus pitcher stuff. Um, and although uh, I will point out that in his career, Miguel Cabrera is 21 for 42 with five homers off yeah. of Kluber. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. That's, that's has, actually, has that. That, that's at the point where we're getting to a bit of a sample size. It's like 50 yeah, plate appearances, you know. Yeah. But Brad, Brad's into that, and and I can't I can't argue with that for sure. Well, um, on the other hand, though, if you want to be contrarian, like Kluber will obviously, you know, you take Scherzer, Kluber, Sale. Yeah, Kluber's by far going to be the least owned of those three players. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, obviously, I don't think it's even going to be close. Um, and in his last three, his last three or four starts, Kluber's striking out everyone. So, I mean, the upside, I think, is just as high as the other guys. I think his floor is just lower. Yeah, um, a little riskier. I'm really going to be thinking about playing Kluber today because if he has one of his classic Kluber games and gets, like, 10, 11 strikeouts and a win, you're going to get that from a guy that nobody else, you know, hardly anybody else really had. Um, so it's an interesting spot today because Scherzer and Sale both have such fabulous matchups that I think Kluber is just going to go completely ignored. But then the other part of me is, like, is that even worth being contrarian? Is it even worth swerving off of those guys when they have such great matchups? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird little game theory spot there. Yeah. And there is some downside to sale. We'll be able to pick up on it more later. It's weather. Uh, storm risk of about 60% through the entire game. Yeah. And uh, all afternoon, all night, basically, in Kansas City. That would not surprise me. Yeah. So we'll see if that game gets in, if uh, you know, we need to pull sale from our lineups or uh, move forward. And obviously that would bleed into Kluber more probably because he's priced closer to Kluber than Scherzer. Mm-hmm. So there's those three, um, and then you're fine with Chris Archer. Who's this uh, fifth base? Is it Cole Hamels? Cole Hamels. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, the, the, the A's are a little bit risky as an opponent uh, just because they do have so much thumb, uh, especially since the game is in Texas. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Hamels, he could throw a complete game, 10 strikeouts, one run. That's yep. uh, not out of his uh, skill set. You okay with uh, Felix getting the Astros? No. Eh, eh, no. Uh, I'm just not in on Felix anymore. Yeah. It, and, he's still, Scott, and, Scott, and he's still Scott, expensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We keep talking every time. Uh, Scott summed it up well earlier. Uh, he's not really just terrible, but he's not winning either. He's right. kind of like Justin Verlander last year. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, kind of, it's very whatever. Uh, you mentioned Michael Fulmer running out of gas. Are you staying away from him going to Cleveland? Yeah, uh, I'm not taking any shares of Fulmer today. It could work for you. I'm not saying don't try it. Uh, it's just it's not for me. Sure. I'm very I'm very rarely comfortable this year starting a pitcher at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like that, Cleveland is so freaking good at home. They are yeah. so good at home, and so I, I just don't, I just don't see yeah. the risk reward ratio there paying off. Yeah, like, it's tough. Um, how about getting the more mid level guys? Ian Kennedy getting the White Sox. He's cooled off a little bit. No, none no. for you. You both shake your I mean, heads. The, okay. the White Sox aren't very good, but neither is Ian Kennedy. Yeah. He went through a hot stretch, I, I, but he's another he's another guy like Fulmer. I could see him having a good game. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not yeah. a terrible pick to make if you're trying to pick someone who's not going to be super popular. Yeah, uh, but you got the the rain in the forecast. You got to beat Sale somehow. 
And then yeah, the White Sox, and... for as bad as they are, they do have some power hitters, so it's not like a, a free matchup. Yep. Um, how about Zach Greinke getting the Dodgers? No way. Not after how last mm. time went. Yeah, Ray's over four. Yeah, yeah no way. It, no. It, it's the same scenario for me. Yeah, it could turn out to be fine. It's not something that I'm expecting to be fine. Well, and once again, it comes down to also, are you willing to pay the money to roster these guys that you're not even excited about? Like, I mean, we just talked about, like, both Felix and Granky. You're still spending a lot of money if you want to roster these guys. Yeah, you know, sure. and like I, yeah, and I, very slowly to them. DraftKings are cheap. Yeah, relatively. yeah, and like I understand, I understand the like the, the 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 desire to be contrarian and to pick that lineup that nobody else picked. But you know, there's a reason nobody else picked these guys because <laughs> their price is because their prices are high and their upsides are low. Yeah. Um, uh, how about the flip side of that? Kenta Maeda going to Arizona. Not a great place to pitch, but a mm-hmm. pretty okay pitcher. Is he just not a high enough ceiling for either of you? Yeah. Doesn't pitch deep enough in the games for me. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Let me see here. I want to look and see. Uh... Okay. It's so the last... pitches six innings every time. Yeah, I was, I was just, I was <laughs> just going to say that exact thing. And Okay, so uh, he has... He has pitched seven innings. You want to guess how many times Kent Ameda has pitched seven innings this year? Two. It's one. <laughs> it is one. Yeah. One yeah. time, and it was against the Padres. A decent pitcher doesn't go that deep, so useful. But I mean, I would, I would, I would love him if he had the potential to go seven innings on a regular basis. He'd be great. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, just a few more left on my list. Uh, if you want one of those risky guys that has a you know a ceiling you can squint at, are you considering Matt Moore at home against the Cardinals? Not a great yep. matchup, but. Considering Matt Moore, considering Luke Weaver on the other yeah. side of it, I, I like Luke Weaver. That's that's the one I like a lot, actually. Uh, Matt and I both picked him as our field of streams pick. He's less than fifty percent on Yahoo leagues. Yeah. San Weaver's Francisco is historically ice cold. Like they just they're so <laughs> this something's something's not yeah. good there. Uh, and Luke yeah, Weaver, yeah, it was funny, like, Park. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm fine with Luke Weaver. Matt Moore for me is just always a. Uh, volatile option. I mean, sometimes he's on and racks up the strikeouts, and sometimes he walks the ballpark. But if you just want to... Yeah, if you want to take some risks in a GPP, you could do that with Matt Moore. I have a feeling that, especially on DraftKings, pretty much every lineup's going to have a Weaver or more in it. Yeah. So they're both going to be very popular. And then on FanDuel, everyone who's not using an ace is going to be using Weaver or more. Yeah, might be Uh, too popular. That, 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 that might push you towards some of these other options that are kind of harder to see performing well, uh, uh, like a Fulmer or a Kennedy. All right. I wrote down Bartolo Colon getting the Twins, but again, picking against Bartolo Colon or picking him is always just kind of putting your hands <laughs> in the air and going, could be fine, you know, but not a huge upside, but it could be okay. Um, the last name I had written down, pitcher-wise, Tyler Chatwood gets the Padres. No way in Coors. Can't do it. I don't know. Uh, Last time thinner out, slate. thinner slate. I can get behind it. It's, yeah. There's there's too much out there. Yeah, if we were looking like, at like I, a, if we were looking at a five game slate, slate. At yeah. price point, I'd take a stab at Morgan before Chatwood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to take a stab. I was going to ask I'll, if you had anybody else. <laughs> you uh, you 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 thinking about Adam Morgan? Actually, is a sneaky pick. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Uh, okay. but same thing as Chatwood. Thinner slate. I could get behind it. Maybe yeah. see if okay. something works out. Is there? Anybody else? I've run out of names on my list. Anybody else you're even thinking about here, Brad, at pitcher? You, you try to stretch for Kendall Graveman. I know we've talked about 
exploiting him. He, he's sometimes fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we're kind of in the territory of sometimes fine pitchers. So yeah. That's what you're going for. Yeah. Uh, with what's left. How about, uh, uh, yeah, anybody else for you, Scott? Any pitchers you feel need to get considered? Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk, I mean, if you want to go real cheap, and like I said, I mean, you have, the way I see it, you have two options today. You pay a lot of money for one of these ace pitchers um, and try to put together a cheap stack and a few inexpensive one-offs to put together your super expensive pitcher lineup. That's one option. Your other option is to go cheap at pitcher and try to load up on some of these great hitting matchups today. If you want to do the second option, I'm not opposed to Robert Stevenson, who we have not talked about yet. He's going to be very inconsistent. He has he has been very inconsistent over his starts thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we're talking about a guy who throws 95-96. He is the unquestioned top prospect in in the Reds uh, in, in the Reds system, mm-hmm. um, and he's already shown us that he does have the capability to put up a big game. I mean, he has gotten hit around a little bit in, a, in two of his starts, but uh, two starts ago against the Mets, uh, he struck out nine and walked one in five and a third innings. Uh, the start, uh, you know, like I said, he, he's he's not a sure thing. That's why he's incredibly cheap. But he's he's getting the, the Pirates, and like we were saying, it's incredibly difficult to find Pirates that you like because none of them are doing anything right yeah. now unless you're named Young Ho Kong or uh, Andrew McCutcheon. So you've got a lineup with basically seven easy outs and two tough outs in it, and a guy who, you know, is still green, he's still very fresh to the majors, but absolutely has the talent level to put together, you know, a high strikeout game and go six or seven innings. And, you know, when you're looking to go cheap at pitcher and load up with bats, that's the kind of guy you're looking for because nobody's going to own him. Nobody's going to own him. But, I mean, when you've got a guy who throws 95 and is facing a dilapidated offense, uh, that's somebody I'm looking at. Sure. You can. I mean, you can put together a ridiculous lineup with Robert Stevens. Yeah. Brad, can you squint and see an option in Robert Stevenson? Yeah, the, the squinting's there. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, I mean, with anybody works, with uh, anybody at that price point, there's squinting. Yeah, well. but sure. when, oh, yeah. when we're talking when we're talking big GPPs, I mean, would it shock you if you know with the way Pittsburgh's been hitting lately? You know, okay, yeah, they scored a lot of runs yesterday, but still, like with the way they're hitting in general lately, with Marte hurt and Polanco, you know, m- might as well be hurt for all the production he's putting <laughs> up. I mean, that's two of their three best players are are basically not not around yeah um and so would it surprise you if stevenson went seven innings with eight strikeouts and got the win it wouldn't surprise me at all yeah and he is it would also not surprise me if he gets knocked out of the game in the third inning that's that's the volatility that you're dealing with but i mean if you want to put together a lineup with i mean that's that's the only way you're going to you're going to be able to afford one of these more expensive stacks we're talking about like if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a scherzer a kluber a sale it's entirely irrelevant for you to even listen to us talking about like the Trey Turners and the Corey Seegers <laughs> of the world because you are not playing them. Yeah, it's a it's it's a GPP option for sure, and I like that he is a he's a prospect. There, there's upside there. Um, I mean, especially on DraftKings as a second pitcher for sixty two hundred. Yeah, he's got yeah. like he has got strikeout upside uh, playing against an offense that's really 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 scuffling. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, that's that's probably the, the end of the pitcher line for Friday. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely it. the end. There's but, nobody behind him. Okay. <laughs> um, let's take some uh, quick peeks at Saturday and Sunday before we get out of here. On Saturday, uh, Trevor Williams is making his uh, first start for the Pirates against the Reds. That's kind of interesting. I like Brandon Finnegan on the other side. Um, Seth Lugo is up to 47% owned, which means he's still eligible. He's, uh, you know... That uh, that spin rate, darling. I'm taking him getting the twins. Uh, that's that's my field of streams pick. Matt is taking Zach Davies at Wrigley, hoping for the two day hangover for the Cubs. But Zach Davies is a uh, interesting there. Uh, the other name that stuck out to me is Jason Vargas shows up for the Royals, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, Whoa. Jason Vargas is a guy. Jason Vargas is back. I don't know that I'm streaming him or anything, but I'm at least like, oh, Jason Vargas is back. He's making holy my goodness, he's making eight and a half million dollars this year. Yeah. Yep. Uh Brad, anybody <laughs> on uh, anybody on the Saturday slate stick out to you at all? Not really at, at the, the lower end of the scale. I am interested by this Verlander Carrasco game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a classic matchup. We get these uh type of matchups between the Tigers and Indians pretty frequently. Yeah. And uh they're always fun to watch. So yeah. uh, that's what I'll be tuning into if I have the time. Yeah. Anything jumping off the page to you, Scott, on Saturday, either to watch or to stream or anything? <sighs> no, because I completely forgot to look at the weekend as I do every <laughs> single time we do this. That's okay. We're just we're just peeking at it. We're acknowledging. <laughs> we're we're not running it down as much as acknowledging that there are games this weekend that we are not. There are. Play. There are. Uh, I I do. I I agree with that, and I support yeah, that. I yeah, support that notion. And then yes. on uh, on Sunday, <laughs> Matt is hoping for ice cold Mets. He's taking the uh, the volatile Kyle Gibson going to New York. Uh, Kyle Gibson every once in a while has his good starts, and and the Mets are an okay matchup. I'm taking Robbie Ray, who's been red hot and is still under fifty percent on somehow. He gets the Dodgers, who are the worst lineup against lefties in baseball. Can't hit lefties at all. If they run into lefties in the playoffs, it's going to get real ugly real quick. Yeah. Um, so I love no that matchup taking, for Robbie Ray. Yeah. No one's taking De Leon or Reyes. Uh, Those are too exciting. Um, they're definitely exciting. Those are good prospects. I mean, I, I just love Robbie Ray in that matchup too yeah, much. But... I, I like the Ray pick too. Yeah. Uh, I, that one's too good to pass up. As someone who's wearing a Twins shirt, I highly question the Kyle Gibson pick. Yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while, he just turns in some like eight shutout innings thing where you're like, where did that come from? Sometimes he's on, he's more off and off. Um, Matt's, Matt's <laughs> a definitely behind in the contest right now. And I think he's trying to play catch up. So he's he's on tilt right now and he's, just like yeah. trying to catch reaching up. For, reaching that, for that's exactly when you whip out De Leon or Reyes. You know you're you know you're struggling when you're picking Kyle Gibson over and his five his 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 five oh eight ERA for the season over those guys. They, oh man, six point one eight K per nine, three point three walks per nine. That oh He's a, he's what a, a weird what picture. What a beautiful ratio. If by, a, weird, if by weird you mean awful, then yes. I can see why you'd be frustrated. Uh, Jose De Leon, uh, yeah, Dodgers pitcher. Really I love De Leon. I got, to see him, I got to see him pitch a couple times in Oklahoma City. Uh, and, man, he can really yep. – <laughs> when he's on, he is really, really yep. on. That that's guy's in, got crazy stuff. That's interesting. And Alex Reyes getting the ice-cold Giants is also interesting. I yep. agree. Brad, those are those are ones yep. to watch. Um, yeah, Scott. Yeah, nothing else sticking out to you on Sunday either. Colby Lewis is back. He gets the A's. 
Woo! I at least I at least looked at that. Went okay. All right. Well, another thing I was going to mention real quick about uh, about the two rookie pitchers is that um, once again, this is a situation where I think you look for hangover lineups because yes. I mean, uh, if you know, Sundays are a day where we often see hangover lineups in June, not mm-hmm. to mention September. And you know, if one of those guys is facing a hangover lineup, then I'm I'm real interested. Yeah. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on that through the weekend. Keep an eye on that through next week. We'll, we'll you know, talk about it when we have shows. But, uh, yeah, look, looking for hangover lineups in this part of the season for sure. Uh, that should about do it for us for Friday for the weekend. Um, Scott is on Twitter, at Scott Strandberg. Scott, what have you been working on lately? What can people find from you? Uh, not using social media, I yeah. guess. I realized uh, I realized this morning when I retweeted your thing about this show that I haven't tweeted in like over a month. Uh, Which I think it's a been great follow. Which is oh nice. yeah, <laughs> follow me for absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, not up to a whole lot. Yeah, um, just, yeah standard stuff. Still nothing writing at Rubbergraphs though. Can find your work over I there. Am. I am, yes, I am. Uh, so there'll be something out this coming Monday. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Uh, Brad <laughs> is on Twitter at baseball a team. Uh, Brad, well, what's going on lately with you? Uh, mostly trying to get through the next two and a half weeks without completely burning out, and then I get to recover and write about strategy and fun stuff instead yeah. of player picks. Yeah, we are we are in the uh, the the final stretch here. You know, uh, we got two more of these live shows coming up. You know, two more weeks of podcasts for sure. Um, God, so, and you know what? You know what happens after that? Sleep a little bit after after <laughs> that. It's football season. Uh, yeah, uh, people will tell you that's that now, and I'm just not. God, it's, it's never football season. It, it's <laughs> no. It's, I'm sorry. You know, I've I've, I've got playoffs, and it's dynasty season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Well, that should do it for us. Uh, I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. We all love hearing from you. Thanks for listening to this show. Good luck with your picks on Friday and on the weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs. 